Welcome to Philly Prime. I'm Dave Schratweiser. The hangover is almost over, folks. Eagles losing the Super Bowl Sunday, but it is still the talk of the town, and nobody better to talk to us about it than Fox 29's Chris O'Connell. He covered the run-up to the Super Bowl. He went to the Super Bowl just like he went to the World Series with the Phillies. Uh, when it comes to covering the fans and what's the hottest buzz around our teams, this is the guy you want to talk to. Chris O, thanks for coming on the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And yeah. and I can tell you, we miss you not only in the newsroom, <laughs> but we miss you on Philadelphia News. Uh, but I'm glad to see you're doing, you're off to some good stuff, man. Good yeah, to- yeah. yeah. Listen, I love doing this. It's a lot of fun. You get to cover a lot of different topics. And I get to have guys I know on the show like you. Yeah, that's awesome. Great to All see right. you. Chris, just um, give me your overall kind of personal view. Uh, you did both the playoff games, obviously the season throughout uh you are the fox 29 go-to guy when it comes to the fans they love to put you out there with everybody you get them all going but uh you've had a couple days to kind of absorb this what do you think about all this and, and and this run to the super bowl i know everybody's disappointed but they played a hell of a game and, and i thought it was a great season yeah uh, first of all it was a great season and it, it's it's all about the season you know we we saw uh, we, we saw a quarterback that a lot of people had questions about in the beginning. You know, that came to fruition. He, he's now our quarterback. We saw some Hall of Famers, you know, go through some warrior stuff this, this season. Then, then we have this great, uh, you know, record. And then we go to the playoffs and everything, you know, was great. And, and the attitude of Philly fans changed. You know, it used to be where... You know, kind of when we were in the Super Bowl five years ago, it was like, oh, we're probably going to lose. And oh, it was like that. And well, this was much different leading up to it. You know, we had we were we had the fan confidence anyway that we were going to win this game. It was a much different uh, attitude uh, for fans. But uh, what such a great season and and especially going through, you know, another Super Bowl uh, to, to be with it, uh, the fans throughout that ride was yeah. so awesome. And I wonder, you think it was the 2018 win that kind of had him in that different mode this time, or it was just the team was so good. We were the number one seed, uh, really, really deserved to be there. I think everybody everybody thought that. They were a point-and-a-half favorite with, with the bookies. We should talk about that a little bit because the bookies were smiling from year to year after this weekend. They took a beating all season long in South Philly. But I think the attitude kind of changed. I noticed that, too. I didn't hear that negativism at all anywhere where I was and I'm down in ocean city at the shore. So everybody down here is either from Philly or, you know, Delaware or a little bit of New Yorkers down here, but everybody was talking about the buzz, the banners all over the place, everywhere up and down. I mean, the sales of merchandise down here the last couple of days at the stores on Asbury Avenue were off the hook. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Everybody wanted a piece of something from the Eagles, especially that it's a Philly thing. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, merch sales, uh, just, you know, going to the Super Bowl for merch sales. Yeah, I've been to that. That was my sixth Super Bowl. Uh, fortunate mm-hmm. enough to cover five of them and going to one uh, personally. And uh, the, with the merch, every, everyone did want, want a piece of this. Um, the, the merchandise, 
the NFL shop, which basically is the merchandise arm of the, the NFL, they ran out of stuff like yeah. a day and a half before the end of the Super Bowl. Uh, you go to the, the in the arena in the State Farm Stadium, all the, the vendors were out by by halftime of stuff. And then and then here locally, you couldn't get you know, you could hardly get your uh, your hands on on stuff uh, immediately, especially those green jerseys. Like yeah. those green jerseys were, but yeah, that that was a big part of what we did. People spend a ton of money on this stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I know you did a couple of stories about merchandise. What was like the biggest sale you saw somebody ring up uh, in your little excursions into who was buying up stuff? Well, I know I know a friend that spent well over a thousand dollars. But you know, you're getting stuff. Um, you're getting stuff for people back home, maybe people paying you for stuff. But again, I kept telling people all this stuff's online. You can find everything online. And after covering six Super Bowls, I also know if you're there on Super Bowl Monday at 9 a.m., everything <laughs> that's left is gone for half price. So yeah, yeah. It was funny. My my wife was uh in one of the stores down here in uh in Ocean City on Saturday and she was buying up a storm because you wanted to get the kids, the grandkids stuff and herself some stuff and the place was packed with people buying but stuff that's you know. you know that's just kind of symbolic of of the, the hype around it that you know people just want to be connected to that kind of thing they want to be connected to their team that's why people want it that's a, it's a kind of a tangible thing like that's you're part of the group you're part of the tribe and you know the more yeah. they win the more people come into that tribe yeah and what was kind of um, leaving the stadium sunday night after they lost um, give me the vibe from the people that were out there. Cause you had to do a little piece for the 10 o'clock news, which was probably on more like 11 or 1130 that night. Yeah. But what, what was kind of there? I mean, I felt like they played a great game. Jalen was awesome. Um, couple little mistakes in the fourth quarter, the punt return, things like that. But it did seem like people were saying, yeah, I'm sorry they lost, but man, we got a lot to look forward to. Well, there were a lot of, expletives leaving the stadium there were the people leaving the stadium were not happy yeah um, they were not happy um yeah. whether it be the the refs or you know that and keep in mind each of these people spent at least ten thousand dollars each to go to that game mm. with the confidence that they were leaving going to a parade right that didn't happen so um you know, that that initial sting, I mean, we had to bleep out some video, you know, some people, <laughs> as you can imagine. But, yeah. I, you know, a few days later, I, I, you know, I don't know. People, I think, are still just, I think the, the few days later was actually worse. Yeah. You know, just people just feeling empty and hollow. Like, you know, I, I certainly did. It was yeah. just, it was sad. But but again, as I, I we were kind of talking about, I wrote about it, about you know, it's not about the win, the loss for me anyway. Yeah. Uh, of course, I want the team to win. Of course, I, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I was born into this. Yeah. Um, but it was like I'll remember the journey. The same thing I'll remember with the the World Series. It mm. sucked. They lost. But I'll remember the times I was with the fans. The times I was, you know, hanging out with some of the, you know, the players' families and the, the you know, the the trash talking I had with the the opposing fans. That's the stuff <laughs> I'm going to remember. Yeah, yeah. And tell us about that. You penned a really nice message on Facebook, I think it was Monday, um, talking about the journey. 
um, that kind of thing. What kind of moved you to do that? I mean, uh, you were down about the game, but you wanted want some hope for folks out there. But and I got to tell you, for me too. I mean, I read what you wrote. It was it was awesome. I think I put a little comment in about it, and, and I felt like kind of that's what people should remember. I mean, I, look, they're going to go back. There's no doubt in my mind about that. With all of you know the talent they have on that team and the way they've been assembling things and the way Sirianni's been coaching and Howie Roseman's been doing his thing, uh, I, I think they got a good shot at going back for a few years in a row here now. Um, but kind of what made you want to write that? Uh, honestly, I had a little time. <laughs> you know, I was at the airport after everything. And, and you know, in our job, Dave, you know, you know, it, it looks it's a lot of fun. People ask me, oh, my God, how many parties did you go to? How did you know how fun was it? And, you know, I didn't go to one party that I wasn't <laughs> working at. You know, yeah. it, it's not like that. Hey. I was blessed to be able to cover the Super Bowl, the team that I love, for a week straight, bringing stories. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, um, a, a lot of long hours, uh, a lot of pictures, a lot of videos, and a lot of stuff. And and even for me, every day it's just so fast. I mean, the yeah. days just went by so fast. Yeah. I'm just kind of looking through all my pictures of the week and I'm just kind of soaking it all in, wrapping it all up in my head. And I just kind of wanted to wrap everything up, not just like, oh, we lost. Bummer. We're going back to Philly. I just kind of had some had some thoughts about, you know, what it meant to be a fan, because really, that's what it's all about. It's about I talked about, you know, um, not about the wins and the losses that, you know, I remember, you know, you know, drinking beers with my dad in the in the tailgate at Lock K thrown to footballs and, and, you know, yeah, doing our, our tasty cake traditions and eat everyone eating one before the game, the homemade meatballs, like it goes on and on and on. Yeah. Just me. There are countless other stories too. So that's what it means to be a fan. Not so much about how many Super Bowl wins you have. Yeah. Uh, everybody, if you don't know this, Chris is famous at Fox for uh, when he goes on these trips or he's at the airport heading out or, when he gets there, he's always waiting with some goodies. He brings a bag of Philly goodies with him to the airport to greet the fans. Tasty cakes, pretzels. I don't know if he slipped in a couple cheesesteaks. I think he has some Wawa hoagies during the World Series with Schwarber and the guys. Yeah, I gave, uh, I gave Schwarber a Wawa hoagie during media day. I remember. It, w- it was awesome. And uh, I got one of those T-shirts, those Wawa T-shirts. It's a, uh, it's a treasured heirloom now, you know, kind of thing. But... Tell me why you do that. You bring a little piece of Philly with you on the road, so to speak. And, I, dude, I saw more than one smile when you kind of pop those babies out there and say, hey, look what I got you. you know? Yeah, well, you know, well, number one, it's a good way to find fans from us. So you show a little bit of home. Mm-hmm. But it actually started when I worked in Minnesota. And, of course, I traveled around in my job. I worked in Florida. I worked in Minnesota. Um worked in Virginia. But when I was in Minnesota, Eagles were playing, I believe it was a divisional game against Minnesota. Maybe it was a wild card. Again, my team coming to my, you know, town that I now live in, I was kind of enemy territory. But the day beforehand, maybe two days beforehand, I was able to, I was in the Vikings locker room doing locker room interviews. And I happened to have some tasty cakes on me. And during the media availability, I snuck 
tasty cakes into the locker room. I hid them underneath like a storage locker in another place against the wall. Just left them there as like a, you know, a good luck. Greeting, a greeting card. And, and the Eagles ended up winning the game. And yeah. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that might have been the last game at the Metrodome and they demolished the place. So those tasty cakes are forever embedded. <laughs> in, in the laying under the rubble huh <laughs> uh so that's that's kind of why i do it it was just kind of a, it, it you know people at home know tasty cake now yeah. you can get tasty cakes anywhere yeah uh, listen it's a tough question see if you can answer it of all the fans you interviewed i mean i saw one segment i think after they won the nfc championship that you did with like four guys outside outside the stadium and dude it was awesome it was <laughs> just all of them were nuts but out of the five guys present, I think you were crazier than any of the other four. But who, anybody kind of stick out uh, of all the people you interviewed, you know, either in the playoffs or at, at the at the Super Bowl. A anybody kind of stick out for either what they said or what they did or their some crazy element they included in your interview? Uh, well, I ran into a super fan that always shows up and we never plan it. There's a guy named Philly Sports Guy. Yeah. And he he's a face and he face paints with the with the uh, you know the baseball you know and every game I he, I just happen to run into him and like the, the guys all I don't even know his real name um, but Philly sports guy's a great guy uh, one interaction uh, I had when I was doing a live shot during the World Series or or maybe it was the NL championship. Um, I, I was I was doing man on the street interviews and it was raining. It was down in Atlanta and I see a, this guy drinking a beer, just solo walking down, had a Phillies cap on. I was like, "Hey, buddy, yeah, hey, which you know, you're a Phillies fan? Where are you from?" I was like, "From Denver." Said, How did you become a Phillies fan? He goes, "Well, Nick Castellanos, my grandson." Yeah. <laughs> so I just happened to run into Nick Castellanos' yeah. grandson or yeah, grandson. Well, let me tell you, folks, I worked with Chris for about 10 years at Fox. And he, he, he you know, we both know that the news business is uh, working hard and 50 percent luck. I mean, you, you, the people you run into, the interviews you get, uh, the, the tips you get and how they kind of pan out with a little bit of hard work kind of thing. But luck has a lot to do with it. Um, you feel that way when you're when you're I mean, when you're out there mining for the interview that I know you want to make. You know, they're coming to me first tonight at the top of the newscast. You know, I want to blow the doors off, which you always try to do when it comes to these, the big games and stuff like that in the series and all that kind of stuff. But it is a little bit of luck. You know, some guy wanders into your hemisphere and bam, he ends up being the interview of the day. You know, you say 50% luck. I say it's like almost 80% luck. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> you make what you make of it, you know. Yes. Sometimes that luck's bad. And you yeah. gotta make, you gotta make with the bad luck. Uh, so yeah, and, and you know, for reporting, you know, it, it's not just what you know or who you know. It's also putting yourself in a position, in the right positions, to to get those stories, to find those people. You know, you don't never know what you're you're gonna find or whatever. Uh, but you know with experience you kind of know that and you, you kind of have an inner gut feeling of kind of where to be to possibly put yourself in, in those positions and it's not like a a, a a physical tangible thing it's just a kind of a gut reaction mm -hmm. yeah and I listen I don't want to walk by 
my former colleagues, Nightside and Dayside, the camera people who uh, put all this together and uh, have our back on the street 24 hours a day. And, you know, when you're covering big games like this and it's the fans coming and going, you got to have another set of eyes kind of keeping an eye on what's going on around you, uh, whether it's celebrating after a big win or leaving the, the building depressed and upset after the building goes, those live shots can turn hairy in a second. And you got to have, you know, the guys and ladies behind the cameras and everybody did such a great job out there in Arizona and in San Diego during the world series, that kind of thing. But to tell the folks out there um, kind of how valuable the person working with you is, you know, it's a 50, 50 game. We get the interviews and the sound and all that kind of stuff. And they get the pictures. You get a lot of pictures because you shoot a lot on your, on your iPhone and on your own stuff that you carry with you. Um, so you contribute to that a lot, but it's, it's really important to remember those folks because they get the pictures that make those stories hum. Yeah. They're, you know, they're part of the team. Keep in mind, we have just counting. We had Mike Jarek, uh, Alex Holly, Jen, Fred, myself, and Breedlin Moore, five mm-hmm. on air people that went to the Super Bowl. We sent 14. Yeah. Those those other people are the, the bones that make make it all work from from the planning, the producing to the, sh- the, the shooting and, and editing. As far as I'm concerned, like I'm usually Dave, you know, we're, we're, you were doing the same thing. We get paired up with the photographer and usually that you know, that photographer is with you a lot, like almost every night. If you know, maybe two, three nights a week and you spend more time with these people than than your own family. Uh, you're in the cars, you go through you know, the ups and downs, the, you know, security issues, the, you know, the good interviews, the bad interviews, the, you know, the meat of your, your work are with these people. These, so these, you spend a lot of time with them. It's not just the person in a cubicle, like most people, you know, work around. These are, you know, these are very tight. Um, and they also work under high stress situations on, on very tight deadlines and dealing with a lot of different kinds of people, um, whether it be out in the public or, or in, in the business. So these guys are highly talented guys that work in kind of a guerrilla kind of job, you know, getting their hands dirty, uh, getting pushed around. Um, you know, getting the middle finger, you know, pointed at them more and more recently. Um, so it's it's a tough job, but these guys do it. They do it as professionals, and it is a it is a very specialized job that not not everyone can do. Dave, you know this is um, you know. Yeah, and listen, I've been at some TV stations. I know you have too. Uh, I don't hesitate for two seconds to call the crew that we have at uh, Fox Twenty Nine, uh, the best in the business in Philadelphia, in my book, and at any place I ever worked before. Uh, just top shelf. And I work with network guys and stuff like that. I was in the first Persian Gulf War covering that for CBS. Um, I've been around a really whole lot of talented people. Uh, Fox 29 has some of the best in the business. No doubt about it. And I will say anytime we need any kind of it's not even when we need it. It's assigned to us. We have security personnel with us in the field. Yeah. Anytime we have a major championship like that, well, they, they assign us one or two security personnel. Uh, yeah. Same thing with any other kind of, you know, unrest in the city or anything that we need. We raise our hands. We need security. They they allow us to because that's what allows us to cover. You know, that allows us to do our jobs and tell the yeah. stories. Yeah. Tell me about the plane ride out 
where you're on, on a plane with a lot of fans in addition to our people and the plane ride back. Measure the two emotions for me. I'm sure there were Philly people um, going out and coming back on the yeah, plane. You know, we went out early, so there wasn't a lot of people going out a week early for the Super Bowl. So there were fews, but the, the, I mean, the ones that are going out were, you know, were, were Eagles fans. And there's always the chance. There's always the, um, but I can tell you the the real like Thursday before the Super Bowl. That's like move-in day. Super Bowl week kind of you know starts on Monday. You have a media night and Tuesday, yeah. but, but really Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That is the bulk of Super Bowl week when the big parties are happening, the big NFL events are happening. Um, there, there's a lot more people coming to town because you know. Keep in mind, it's yeah. you know you don't know you're going to a Super Bowl, you know, uh, three weeks before you're going. So that's so there's some planning involved if you're a fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big parties out there. You did you have a favorite? Uh, you visited a few. Um, kind of what stuck out for you there? Uh, you know, th there are these parties like I didn't go to them, but I was close to them. Um, it was like the Maxim party uh, that I went to one of the first Maxim parties a long time ago. A lot of fun, a lot of beautiful people, uh, a lot of um, see and be seen. Uh, you want to be around celebrities. There's those kinds of parties. Um, then there's like the tailgate kind of parties where it's like the Eagle centric, you know, groups of people, a couple hundred will rent out a restaurant. And that's a, those were fun. Those were freaking out of hand. Those I, um, were insane. I, that's all I could say. Um, there's, there's some stories there that I was shaking my head. I was in a room afterwards, like, what just happened in that Eagles party that I just did a live shot? <laughs> it was a, I did yeah. not. It was, uh, it was crazy. Uh, those yeah. people were there to have some fun and they were having fun. Yeah. Um, uh, I noticed uh, the stadium at the beginning of the game too, uh, when the Eagles uh, obviously came down right away and, and scored uh, measure the uh, chiefs versus Eagles. I thought it was two thirds, maybe Eagles fans. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to measure. Hard to measure. Very hard to measure. I always say this with the Super Bowl. You know, it's the vibe on a Super Bowl is nothing like any home game. Because in a home game, you have 70,000 people that are wearing green. Yeah. Cut that in half. Not even in half. Cut that in a third. So I'm just I'm, I'm just guessing. A third of the stadium was green. A third of the stadium was red. A third of the stadium just had corporate dollars that they were there and had no rooting interest. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's most Super Bowls. I do feel this Super Bowl had maybe a little bit more, more uh, eagle enthusiasm. I was there. Not it wasn't uh, uh, wasn't noticeable. And the only reason why it was probably noticeable because they had more a lot more bigger plays. They were winning most of the game. Um, so, and I can tell you, Dave, watching a Super Bowl like um, live and as opposed to where most people watching it with it on TV and a monitor, um, I did not see any of the Super Bowl with the TV. There was mm -hmm. no monitor above me. I didn't have a laptop like most reporters had. Uh, I did it for a number of reasons. I didn't want to bring a laptop in there. And I just mm -hmm. wanted to watch the game. I didn't see a Super Bowl commercial. 
it's such a different I saw the, the halftime show just with my own eyes, not close-ups. I had no idea why people were thinking Rihanna was pregnant. Yeah. Well, until I watched it on TV. I'm like, oh, that's why. I had no idea. Yeah. The guy covering the game, I was like, I had no idea Patrick Mahomes was hurt until I saw him on TV two days later. Yeah. Because I didn't yeah. see him limping, and, the, and then he was in the game most of the time. So it's such a different perspective right. watching it in person than it, most of the people watching it on TV. It's much better watching it on TV, a football game, yeah. by far, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, a heck of an experience uh, in your 30-plus years of being a reporter. Where does this one rank? You know, it's always like I, – I can't – I've had so many fortunate and incredible experiences. Like I said, I have six Super Bowls that I covered. Yeah. Was the one that we won pretty cool? I would say that was that ranked up there. Yeah. In terms of tops, but in terms of like the Super Bowl experience, 100 times this one. Phoenix was gorgeous. The weather was nice. There were great events. That made a lot to do with it. Uh, people seemed to be happier. Uh, and we didn't even touch on the uh, waste management Phoenix Open that I. Oh, was. yeah. <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. a. Uh, a little bit of a golf outing and a whole lot of a frat party. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I could see that uh, out there. I know some people who actually went to that. They were out there for the game, but they went a couple days and hung out at that. They said it was awesome. You know, yeah. it was kind of a crazy. I'm not a golfer because I, I can't golf anymore, um, so I don't really follow it too much. But I would take a vacation and go out there again to do that. Like, yeah. I was considering, like, let's stop Super Bowl coverage. Let's go back out there for another day because yeah. it was so much fun. And so many characters. And you got some good stories out of there, too. Yeah, yeah. Both you and Jen Frederick. I think Jen was out there for the morning show. Yeah, t yeah, and, t and tons of Eagles fans. Tons. Yeah. Not only yeah. that live out, that we're going out there, but also who live out there. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you this. On the fun meter for me in my career, and most of my stuff was covering pretty serious stuff uh, over the years, the two biggest days, I think I – well, actually, th there's three big ones for me. I was sitting in a helicopter in center field when the Phillies won in 2008-2009 when the last pitch was thrown and uh, Ruiz came running out to the mound. I, I was sitting in a chopper over the stadium in the, waiting to get whatever happened after the game yeah. when that happened. And I'm getting, you know, goosebumps talking about it right now, but it was, it was freaking crazy awesome. Um, and then I was at the Doubletree on Broad Street on the fourth floor of the parking deck there with Dave Eitzen when they won um, the Super Bowl and Broad Street went berserk um, back in 2018. And I got to tell you, that was way up there on the fun meter. But And I know why people kind of missed the parade this week, but the most fun day I had from start to finish, and I, and I worked from – I came in at 7 in the morning that day and I went home at 8 o'clock at night. And I think I said at my last live shot standing on Broad Street with Brian Zeli, my camera guy, was this is the most fun day I ever had <laughs> in the news business. It was just fun from start to finish. Yeah. You know? And nothing negative. Everybody was positive. It was right. cool. It was a cool thing. Yeah. You know? And the, the weird aspect of being uh, in Minnesota for the and, – and I was hoping for, for this one is, you know, people are like, man, it must be cool to be at the Super Bowl. It's awesome, 1,000%. But once the clock strikes zero, 
the party's in Phil. Like, I want nothing to do with where <laughs> I want to be back home with all the people like where you were. I yeah. missed all that. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't get a chance to brawl. I didn't get a chance to see the grease poles. Like, I never yeah. saw it because I was there. Yeah. You know, so. And it was crazy we because. Rolls. Yeah, where I was at on the fourth level of the parking garage there, and we had permission to be up there, by the way, from the Doubletree people. I was eye level with one of those poles, and a guy climbed up that pole in the green suit. Uh, it was crazy. It was not the guy was like eye level with us, me and Dave in the parking garage. And and we were just like they came to us like 50,000 times in the show because there was such great live right, TV the there. And so right. I know I know the feeling you're talking about. And, uh, you know, some folks want to be at the game and see the joy at the end of the game. Some people want to be back in the city and, and kind of see what happens. But uh, it's, all, I, you know, it, it's I, an awesome it's an awesome thing. It's a good trade off, too, because, Dave, as you well know, more than anyone in this business you cover some horrible, horrible news. And these days are, you know, these, this coverage is a nice little trade-off for, for the horrible news we, we have to cover sometimes. So a little, little bright light, and, you know. Right. Well, speaking of bright lights, what a perfect transition. Today is opening day for catchers and pitchers for the Phillies down in Clearwater. So you don't have to lament for two months before the yeah. Phillies start. Yeah. They're already there. I saw... Real Muto and some of the guys heading to the field this morning kind of thing. So there is light at the end of the tunnel, Christopher. How much are you looking forward to the baseball season, my friend? I'm looking forward to I'm, – I'm usually not like – I can't wait for the Phillies to start because I, I want to see – I'm a game day fan. I like yeah. to – you know, I want to go to the games when they count. Um, you know, that's when that I like to be a fan. Um this year is a little different. Like I, I want to see who's, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, I know Bryce not going to be there, but you know, it's, it's, I'm excited about the season. I think, I think the fans, I'm sure they're going to put ton more people in the seats this year after yeah. last year. So I mm -hmm. think it's going to be one of those decent seasons. I think, yeah. um, you know, as far as they look on the field, you know, let, let's hope for another run because yeah. it was special last year. And it, and they, they got Trey Turner to kind of fill in here now to uh, yeah. till you know Bryce gets back kind of thing. So I think that that'll you know hold him in that gap pretty good. But uh, starting the season, and were you hearing any of that buzz from people coming back from the game, or are you hearing it now a little bit? I'll tell you, I was in the gym this morning working out, and people were still lamenting the Eagles. But then a couple guys, you know, piped up, "Hey, the Phillies start today, catchers and pitchers, yeah. and you know we're going back to the World Series and the great offseason pickups and." Wait till Bryce gets back, that kind of thing. They were already talking red. You know, well, they was they were switching from green to red then. That's you, know? you said it right there. That was the best part for fans is that um, you know, usually, you know, they could have been, you know, some seasons your NFL season is done in November. I mean, the season might be, but your 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 playoff hopes are done. Yeah. And so so you're really you're kind of starved with sports through the winter months. We had like three days. Like, <laughs> when does that ever happen? Because, well, it's actually, I can tell you, it's never happened because the NFL season has expanded to 18 games and pushed back the Super Bowl, which pushed it back closer to, to the, you know, the spring training. So uh, this is, I think, the first time that's ever happened that's been this close. So, yeah, we had a couple of days to, to catch our breath and go right to baseball, which is awesome. And yeah, this, and and it does it does seem like the Philly season just ended. And, and to tell you the truth, I know some people in the front office and in and around. I know the fanatic a little bit and uh, I had him on my show right after they won the World Series. He was awesome, by the way.
Tom. And I got to tell you, um, they're like, it's already here. We're here already. It feels like the season just ended and bam, we're back. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, just don't, just looking outside, it's just beautiful, warm weather we've been having. It's crazy. It feels like spring. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's gonna it's gonna be faster than you think getting to that. But uh, yeah. Um, Fan wise, what are you looking forward to opening day? I'm guessing you you can't wait to be there in the stands or outside the stadium when they uh, when they open up. Yeah, opening day is always awesome. I mean, it's always usually a nice afternoon day, taking the day off work. Yeah. You know, and, and we're usually down there. And and what's great about the beginning of any season, it's like that, you know, it's hope is eternal. You know, it's like yeah. it, it's it's beginning of something again, coming off an, a, a great season. So, you know, opening day is always great. Yeah. <clears throat> the the one. I hate to say, you know, our former uh, our, our, our former colleague, Bruce Gordon. Yeah. I love him to death. He was the best at what he did. But for one respect, I'm glad he retired because that was his assignment every year. Opening <laughs> day. So that he retired, I kind of assumed that assignment now. Yeah, the mantle got pushed to you now. Yeah. So, uh, And Bruce, let me tell you something. Talk about a baseball fan. Oh. I mean, that, that dude is off the hook with memorabilia and jerseys and cards and bobbleheads and all that kind of thing but i i used to watch him he sat opposite me in the newsroom i used to watch him kind of gearing up that week before you know you could see it oh i got a reason to come to work monday or i gotta you know what i mean i don't i'm not just gonna come in and cover this or cover that or cover city council i got opening day on tuesday or wednesday and you could see his spirits like lifting up but uh you get to do that now (laughs) that goes for a lot of the you know Week they, you know, NFC Championship, going to the Super Bowl, the weeks, you know, people are a little bit nicer to each other. Yeah. Your coffee tastes a little better, you know. Amen. That Wawa coffee you drink on the way to work every day. Right, right. So it's, you know, people are just, you know, it's just nicer to be around when when your team is is doing well. All right. Uh, Prediction for the Phillies. You going to go out on a little bit of a limb here? I don't really I, I honestly make it a point not to make predictions. I'm okay. not smart enough to know. I don't pretend to that I um I, I do think they're gonna go deep in the playoffs. Uh, hope another World Series, who knows? But you know what I've learned in sports? Um you know, look at where the Eagles were going. You know, we we get to 14 and three and it's like, when's the parade? When are we doing the parade? And it's like things change and injuries happen and stuff happens. So um, and other teams get hot and and vice versa. So uh, I think they'll do if they do anything like they have. They got the good nucleus. They got, you know, they got some and new new pieces. I I can't see why they wouldn't go deep in the playoffs. Yeah. Let's end with with kind of this. Uh, I was reading your thing on Facebook about the journey, and um, I'm troubled by some of the stuff that's going on in Philadelphia over the last few years. Um, And I know people are troubled about that, but it was great to see people rally around the Phillies in the fall, uh, late summer and into the fall. It was great to see the city on a much higher, much higher level you know, kind of people were just feeling good and mm-hmm. people were buddying up with each other, doing cheers and rooting on the team. They went to the World Series. Everybody was ecstatic, you know, into November. 
kind of thing. We got through the holidays. Then the Eagles were on fire going to the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. And, and the, you know, the good karma continued kind of thing. And now we're going into the Philly season with a lot of, I'm sure, high hopes and expectations for them. Me, as a guy who covered Philadelphia for 35 years, I kind of want to see that positivity and that loving on each other and enjoying each other because you have something central to focus on. I want to see that transcend here, dude, because I I don't like some of the things I'm seeing in Philadelphia when it comes to stuff that's going on on the street, the violence and the murders and things like that. And I really am kind of hoping some of this love makes its way out into the communities and the streets and, and, and people say, Hey, let's, let's, let's love each other. Let's, let's be better to each other. Let's be better. Let's start with better to each other. And look, we showed it. We showed it during the Phillies run. We showed it during the Eagles run. We're all anticipating another Phillies run. Can we make this last? That's what I'm Well, I'll tell you, Dave, it's a good start. It's a good start. The one thing that I see a lot of in talking about gun violence and where it is, it's a lot of finger pointing. It's a lot of, Mm -hmm. they're not doing the good job. These people aren't doing the good job. This person's not doing a good job. Media's not doing a good job. A lot of finger pointing. And I, I say yes, 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 and yes. But let's all, you know, again, come together and, you know, point the finger at each other. Point the finger at the media. What can we do better? What can, what, what can solutions that w- what we can do? Um, but in, in terms of the common thread, that's a good start because yeah. we're starting with ourselves. We're starting in our communities. Like, be responsible for you. Be responsible for your family. Then, then open the circle. I'm a, I'm a firm believer of keeping your circle tight. Be responsible for your circle, your family, who you can be and, and ac- accountable for yourself. And if everyone did that to themselves, then we, we would be a better place. Um, it's just, people are too worried about what that person's doing and that person's doing, you know, get control of yourself and your people. And, 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 and my, and and it goes to me too. Like I'm talking, I'm talking to myself when I'm talking like that. I make sure uh, my, my girls are doing good in school. I make sure if if they, they do bad, I discipline them. I make sure that I'm accountable for what I do on, on TV and in life. And if, if everyone kind of does that, then we, we, the world will be a better place. And getting back to the sports angle, that's part of it. It's like yeah. we're buddies with him and we have like there you go. nothing. There's no common better bond around here than two words. I've learned this week. Go birds. I don't <laughs> care if it's a homeless person or yep. my best friend or my mom. It's the sentiment is the same. Go yeah. birds. We're all a family. Yeah. So maybe let's. Let's make that to the next level. Let's go Philly, okay? Go Philly. Because I got to tell you, if you looked around, whatever living room you were in, whatever bar you were in, restaurant you were in, stadium you were in, and you saw the kind of joy that should be kind of how we feel about each other when we're sitting next to our pal or a guy we don't even know wearing an Eagles jersey or a Phillies jersey during a World Series, remember that kind of camaraderie. And to me, take that to where you live. I mean, you said keep the circle tight. I'm a keep the circle tight guy, but I also want to make the circle bigger. Push that joy out to other people. 
maybe if you don't have a commonality with somebody and you're in the middle of something, that confrontation or whatever, hey, dude, remember like two weeks ago, dude, we're all rooting for the Eagles. Go Birds. You know, let, let's, let's do something to kind of make that last and maybe take a first step like you're talking about. Yeah, it's just it, it, it doesn't cost anything. No. It makes your city better. It's just uh, I'm a firm believer of that. But, but again, it's a good start. Having sports teams or having something to root for, having commonality, that's where it starts. Yeah, yeah. And I got to tell you, dude, having you on the show, talking about all this has been uh, super exciting. It's been uh, really, really good, and I appreciate you coming on. And let me tell you something, folks. Chris O'Connell is from Delaware County, but he's Philly through and through, and he wants the city to be better. That's why he gets in there with all you fans and, you know, does his thing with you and brings your sentiment and your feelings and your joy to folks at home kind of thing. And he's all about making Philly better. And for that, brother, I got to tell you, I love you for that. Thank you. Love you, Dave. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. I didn't feel like it was a show. It's just a conversation. We need to do it more. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, whether we do it on a podcast or we do it over a beer, it's always welcome. And thanks That's for coming good. on the show, bro. I right. appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to opening day. And I won't nudge Bruce too bad and tell him, hey, O'Connell's going this year. You're not. You know, well, kind of thing. I'll okay. give him a hard He'll still go, but he's in the he's in the stands having a beer and peanuts. So yeah, yeah, he might bump you out of a live shot after the game too. You gotta yeah, right. be careful there. Anyway, man, thank you for coming on, folks. Thanks for listening to Philly Prime this week. Uh, I had a blast, and I'm glad Chris could come on. He's a busy fellow. Now he's got to go to work, uh, and I appreciate him being there. Tune in next time for the next Philly podcast, Philly Prime podcast. It's great having you. Take care, Dave. Thanks. Take care, man. Yeah.